make it water cool. Joke aside, there's whole data centers that are being built under the ocean that can just be naturally cooled by the, by the water in the ocean. What? Under it's, the ocean? It's kind of an eco-dream sort of deal. But, uh, how do you build something under the ocean? Dude. There's all kinds of things under the ocean. Have okay, you, well, sorry. I'm thinking at the bottom of the ocean. So it's like a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, not, not in the whatever you call it, trench. Not in the Marianas Trench. <laughs> it's just, they, they, build, they build a data center and then they sink it with a cord attached to it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, Seems cheaper. I've already, I've already gone past my, ability, my, my knowledge on the subject. Maybe Elon Musk, is. that's part of his boring idea. Oh. We're going to bore under under the ocean and make data centers. So we did a whole bit on Elon Musk in the last episode that got cut because uh, because we were having sound difficulties. Oh, really? Which we had again today, but we figured out before we were I'm recording. becoming a fanboy, I'll be honest. I used to be an anti-guy. I thought he was a snake oil, snake oil salesman. Is it because of his startling resemblance to a Bond villain? Is that, is that, yeah. <laughs> is that your problem? <laughs> What's okay? Remember He's in Incredibles? To save the world with ecology. Do you remember He's in Incredibles? <laughs> he has sort of a foreign air to him. Does he even have an accent? Like he's from South Africa or something, right? Yeah, yeah, like, he has yeah. an accent. So like he's got he's got all the characteristics of Bob except that he's willing to smoke weed publicly. Yeah, that was weird. And tweet memes. Did you see? Um, do you remember at the end of uh, Incredibles where they all they're all uh, the first Incredibles. And then a new villain comes up, and it was the guy that bores from underneath the ground. It's like, yes, that was really great. <laughs> one day, Elon Musk is going to bore up into the middle of L.A. and just come like, out and say, "I rule." We are the underminers. <laughs> like all those people, all, all those people start jumping out of the trench with solar panels. That's right. So, yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, that's how what can it is. You get a solar charged ground boring machine i don't think you can because it's under there's no sun down there <laughs> hey i thought of a solar um since you live in the shade yeah i, I thought of a solar um uh, uh idea for you okay batteries yeah i've heard about those okay so you can get the same tax benefits with batteries and in this area because we live in the shut off place where they shut you down they shut off everything when the wind gets high so yeah. they don't t start fires um you can qualify for some incentives through um, Southern California Edison. And because of that, you can get 26% off credit, right? Tax credit for your battery. So what happens is, is you can get your battery. We talked batteries in an earlier episode. Yeah. So the, the only concern I have there is I think batteries don't like solar is guaranteed for 20 years, but I don't think batteries last that long. And so I'm, my main concern is dropping, you know, five figures on something that's going to burn out in 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. Anyway, uh, back to Bond villains? No, I'm just kidding. Back to, back to. Oh, that's a great, that's a great topic for today. Bond villains? Movies have been put on hold for a long, long time. Yes. Question for you. What uh, of the movies that are, that are, that are forthcoming for this year now that. I don't know. Movies are going to start to come out maybe in April. I just we just saw a headline yesterday that said Disneyland might open April one. If Disneyland's going to open April one, I suspect that movie theaters will be open April one. I hope so. So well, what, one what of movies, these counties what, around us. What movies that are in the queue are you most excited about? <laughs> I really like Cruella Deville. <laughs> Cruella Deville, apparently. You got me on that one, and I'm like <laughs> all over it. <laughs> You're all over it. Oh, oh I am so excited about that one. I don't know why. Emma Stone is actually a comedic. Genius. I mean, she's very talented. But you have Emma Stone, Emma Thompson. These are big names. Lots of Emmas. Lots of Emmas. The Emmas. 
I don't know. It looks great. The five most powerful Emmas in the world. <laughs> um, no, it looks good. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the James Bond movie. I'll be honest. Oh, I that does say, look though, good. But that's James been Bond put on hold for a long time. Gotten, they've gotten a little more thinky over time. Like, the last, you know, the last of the, it's not even a trilogy. There's four of them, right? The, the fourth Daniel Craig movie. I heard he's leaving. Is that true? Well, he was. He already said he quit, and then they talked him into coming back. I like him as a Bond. And then he said he's going to quit again. No, I did too. I did too. Okay, which of the Bond people is the one that you like? That is Bond. That is Bond. Like in your mind, if well, you close like, your I'm eyes. Well, I'm not sure. Say. I don't like. Okay, so this is the question that often comes up because everyone's like, it's "Got to be Sean Connery." I'm like, "Okay, fine." I mean, Sean Connery's awesome, but but for me, when I was a kid, it was the Roger Moore. Because he was yeah. Bond when I was a kid. So yeah. that's why I'm not sure that that's – because I had this argument with the person at the time. She's like, oh, it's always been Sean Connery for me. And she was older because Sean Connery, right? Because right. that's the Bond when she was that age. Right. So, yeah, For Your Eyes Only, Roger Moore. That was the first James Bond movie I saw because it was the first one that wasn't rated R. Or Wait. Oh, were they rated R back then? Almost all the Bond movies were, yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't – With the super sexist double entendre names. <laughs> <laughs> Pussy galore. So we're, oops, oh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not saying them on the air, are we? That's about a cat. We're just going to go with that. Right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I really were, like – Like, most of, them, most of them were. And then somebody's like, hey, what if we made more money? And then, you know, so then they made it PG-13 and they added another $50 million to the box office. And they're like, I guess we're going to keep doing that. So, so mine was – as a kid was Pierce Island, right? Is that it? Jeez, I don't know. What? Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Oh. Pierce Eisen. <laughs> Who's Pierce Eisen? Who's Pierce Eisen? I thought for sure you were going to talk Oh, about I know who Pierce Eisen is. That's our database at work. Oh, is it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Got the Pierces mixed up. Uh, no, Pierce, Pierce Bronson was the one when I was a kid. But Bronson. I still, once I got into Bond, yeah. right, um, and I started watching the old ones, it's really hard not to think that Sean Connery is Bond. Sean Connery's great. I mean, look – uh, yeah, he's great. I, I don't have any complaints. I'm not one of those guys that he's not that good. No, he's great. Um, but all that to say, even though iconically maybe it's Sean Connery, dude, new guy is amazing. Like, new yeah, guy Daniel is Craig is good. amazing. He's good. Yeah, dude, yeah. I really, really like. He's him. the example of that other thing that I think we talked about on a previous podcast, which is you can act prettier than you are and you can act more handsome than you are i don't think he's actually all that handsome i think if you saw him in the mall you wouldn't look over and go wow what a handsome man but he um but he is he acts so uh like so on top of his crap that it, that it plays he just plays handsome and, and then he plays dangerous which no bond has ever pulled off i don't care if it's sean connery i don't care who it is i've never actually believed that James Bond was dangerous. I just thought it was cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a swinging cool cat. You know what I mean? Like the only thing I don't like what they did with Daniel Craig is they made him vulnerable. Well, that's what I was I was hinting at earlier, just a minute ago, which is like they've gotten kind of heavy, right? Really heavy. They go to his homestead. He's like with he's with his mother figure, and this just father figure that they barely introduce. You've never even seen before, but all of a sudden you care about whether it lives or dies. I love that they. I love that Bond's always saved the girl. I don't really like the idea yeah. that Bond falls in love and can't, you know, can't function because of the lost love. Well, see, that's the thing that's interesting is like historically, like there's always a, a helpless Bond girl who dies in some sad, weird way. Right. But you usually care enough that you're that you're pissed with him so he can go exact right. vengeance. Go and off. Feel good. But you're not usually like, 
I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and they did that with Daniel Craig. They did. Like, wow, and, by the way, he <clears throat> pulled it off. I was looking through the Bond characters here, and I, I got to admit, Roger Moore and and uh, um, Sh- Sean Connery, definitely like iconic. But there's one in here that <laughs> I never got on. Oh, I know you're going to say, man. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> and he actually was 1986 to 1994. That's kind of a long time. It was only two movies. But they, I, he did not pull it off. I felt no, like Pierce Bronson not. pulled it off really well. But I am, I'm a big fan of Daniel Craig. And w- did you see Knives Out? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's a so, great. It's a really fun hijinks murder mystery movie. Okay, so I liked it. Okay. But there's something about there's some things in in movies where they do every once in a while that they push me too long with one kind of dark uh, uh, plot line. Okay. And in this case, it was who done it. Yeah. You know, it's the who done it. Right. And all of a sudden, it was like someone you didn't want it to be for too long. Does I that see. make sense? Uh, maybe. And no. I want to say it was only a minute or it was not. They just had gone too far with, with uh, I think it was the girl. And I was really frustrated. Like, I'm like, no. For those this- of you who haven't watched Knives Out. We're going to talk about it. So just yeah, I won't. I won't ruin up. it. But my wife loves it, and because it is like it is a fun kind of comedy, um, comedy caper, whodunit. Yeah. It's really kind of the game of Clue, right? Uh, and and the characters are really interesting and fun. And it's also super fun that they take these super big action heroes, right? And they make them into these like different people, right? So the no, Bond it's, guy. It's a really. I mean, it's just a good movie. It is a good movie. It is a good movie. I will give it four. Stars. I should say no. I should say though that the my. <clears throat> My one beef with it is um, – I was saying this to my son because we watched it again the other day. Um, I don't always – I don't like it when everybody is kind of hateful. Like, like it's kind of sad after a couple hours when everybody sort of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, all these people are – and I think the director would say, oh, they don't all suck. They all have huge weaknesses and they all have some strengths and – they're flawed. And I fine, whatever. But everyone kind of sucks. And that's so your that, movie so, making. That's kind that, of a bummer after a while. That's your movie making ideas, though. I mean, like in the back of your mind, you're like, from the movie maker's perspective, he would say, and I, I'm just like, hey, I'm just an audience guy, and I'm gonna say, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't. I want someone to love in a movie. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, and they, they do provide someone to love. Well, I, I will say that. Yeah, but that's kind of the, the most lovable character is the one they take the longest time to clear. <laughs> or not clear if you're going to watch the movie. Yeah. Fun. It is a very fun movie. Super okay, fun so movie. Daniel Craig is very versatile. I like that about him. Yeah. I don't I can't Well, think- so he's not he's not an action star before before James Bond. He was doing art house movies yeah, in uh, England. Wasn't he doing I, theater I saw theater one of them. too? He's the theater guy too. Yeah. And so this idea that he's this super tough it's just kind of funny to him and it should be funny to anyone that knows him, but uh but he pulls it off, man. He's a good actor because I, I believe that he is A, James Bond, and B, dangerous in a way that no James Bond has been. Totally agree. Okay, so you asked me what movies I'm excited about yeah. coming out. Okay, first of all, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I love the Marvel stuff. Okay. It's been really great for the last several years. Yes. The truculent one um, with dreamy blue eyes and um, the and voice, the voice of, an of an angel. He, <laughs> Your brother. Yes. He hates superhero movies he hates them okay he doesn't like he loves stories he loves really complex stories and he just doesn't get in he won't lose himself in that kind of a movie 
However, well, in fairness, I, I, you didn't used to be able to lose yourself in a superhero movie because they're children's fables, right? But, true. But some point along the way, it was Batman actually. The it was Batman, uh, the Forever Dark. I'm sorry, Dark Knight. Yes, and, which is one of his favorite movies, and mine too. Yeah, yeah. So those Batman movies made it so that you could, that you could actually tell a story, a greater story of good and evil and human characters, right? Through the prism of a superhero movie. Yes. In a way that, yeah, I I, I would agree with. But those him. are Christopher Nolan. <clears throat> yeah. Who's? They're way too dark. <laughs> by the way, you but think they're, they're way too dark? Oh, they're so well, they're way too dark, but they're oh, amazing. They're I mean, so amazing. They're amazing. But but he sort of broke through on the idea that you can talk about people like they're actual real people, even though they're Batman. Right? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? By the way, is Donald Trump Batman? <laughs> Who's to say? Does Batman come back? Have we ever seen him in the same place at the same time? No, we haven't. No. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, you know, playboy billionaire in New York, which is yeah. Gotham, right? Yeah. That didn't get married for a really long time. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. You're, you are. He might have been Batman. Lives in a castle. Yeah. Probably has an Alfred. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for sure has the car as an alfred <laughs> okay so so things coming out right like corella uh Cru- Cruella? Cruella deville marvel stuff so which is the marvel movie you're into though uh so i've always wanted a backstory on um black widow oh well there, it's coming your way yes it's coming your way may 7th according to this calendar so funny story i i am not excited about black i sort of <laughs> feel like they used up the big the marquee superheroes <gasps> And so I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go there for a new generation. Really? So that's where I was. But now that it's been a year since I've been able to see anything yeah. in theaters ever, I'm just like, I'm all in. Day one, midnight, I'm there. Oh. <laughs> By the way, best way to watch Marvel movies is find out the chronological order of the story and watch it the, all the way through. My son wanted in the early days of COVID. Yeah. He's like, Dad, let's do a movie marathon. I'm like, okay. So every night I'd come home and we'd watch the next one on the list. Yeah. And, and I only skipped one. And it worked. And it was fun. What's that? And that was fun for you? It was good? Yeah, no, it was great. It's awesome because it actually helps you with the st- storyline because it really was always the storyline. Pretty hard. Like So that's the thing. About two-thirds of the way through – because there's like 20 movies, right? How many movies is that? A lot. I don't yeah. remember. So like two-thirds of the way through that whole thing – I just sort of kind of tuned out, and I was there for the characters and for the action adventure sequences. But I, but I don't really know which orb da- activates which dark power of the which. You know what I mean? I just uh, well, if you watch them in order, it helps for sure. Eighty-six cool. films released, total of ninety-eight. <laughs> but I don't think that's the current Marvel universe. So yeah, right. I think Colonel's like I think current one's like twenty or something. Oh, here it is. What's your favorite uh, favorite one, by the way? Uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Oh, that's a good one. That's a that's a rock solid. I'm a big Captain America fan. I didn't like it when I didn't af- like the first one so much. You didn't? I loved that one. I like I love the backstory. It, it rewatches well, but basically I didn't like the villain in that one. The villain in that one was just too super too you know comic booky. Just like ha ha ha. It literally has a skull. <laughs> I don't like that know? either. A red skull. <laughs> red skull. A little bit too over the top. But but Winter Soldier, the villain is. Freaking Rod Robert Redford, and also I love I love 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 my favorite one of my favorite things about the Marvel universe is that they're willing to get real, like real actors, to yeah. play their silly stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean Robert Redford hadn't made a movie in like twenty years, and he shows up as the as the villain in Winter Soldier. That was so great. He I was. was like, uh, I love uh, that crap. Uh, and that was great. Uh, and by the way, I actually like all of the characters they paid they picked for the main ones. Right, Robert Downey Jr. It's kind of a has been before Iron Dude, Man. He was he was he was done. He was done. 
He and reinvented himself. Iron Man himself. wasn't a big thing. And he becomes the one you care about a lot throughout the. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. He's I just, really big, and he made so that character as shallow and as deep as it needed to be at any any given moment. I really like that. Yeah, it's fun. But so that's I am super excited about um, Black Widow. Black Widow, okay. Um, the other one that I see is I want I'm I'm pretty ex- excited about Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> So I am not a Tom. It's forty-year-old male catnip. I I mean, it's just like, yeah. That was a great movie then, and there's you always anything with like really good fighter scenes in a fighter jet is going to be really cool. I actually feel sorry for like my kids' generation. Like, what's the fighter scenes going to be? They're all going to be like joysticks. Oh, because because drone warfare. Yeah, drone warfare. There's not going to be any more pilots. So I got to say something about this though. That movie, okay, I like Top Gun, and I'm really excited for the Top Gun sequel, okay? But the truth is, if you go rewatch that movie with any honesty at all, it's good, but it's a little weird. Like, Tom Cruise doesn't play, like, like flawless Tom Cruise now. He plays a little bit of weird Tom Cruise. There's this weird thing where the way he chews gum. He, the way he flirts is super awkward. Like, <laughs> there's some really weird stuff in the original Top Gun. Now, I'm not crapping on Top Gun for the sake of it. I'm saying that only to bring up a thing that we left unresolved in the last episode, which is... You don't like Star Wars. No. Okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll but, watch it. I like it. But. No, no, no. But when you were a kid and you saw the Star Wars movie, the one that, the, the Star Wars movie that's in, your, that's in your emotional head as a kid, that's a great movie. Now, you rewatch that, if you rewatch that movie with today's eyes, yeah. you don't have the same experience because movies have changed. Movies have gotten easier to make cool crap happen. And honestly, we've... Honestly, because they, because Star, the original Star Wars broke through on using archetypes to communicate story, in a way that. Wait, back up. You use the word archetype. What yeah, does that mean? I'll, I'll tell you in a second. All the Star Wars movies now are are like super pro at doing what he did, like, kind of the first time. So right. So so it's like it's like saying, oh, I don't like old race cars because they don't go fast. Because new race cars go faster. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're building on the we're building on the foundation right. laid by former people. So archetypes. I used to study archetypes as an English major in college, which is Joseph Campbell has a book about like uh, a hero with a thousand faces. Right. And it's about how there's really only three, like two or three stories ever told. They're just told with different characters, like rotating right. throughout time. Right. Right. And and the biggest journey of all is the hero's journey. The hero where this where a young um, like promising youth, like separates himself from his tribe, goes out to find his way in the world, experiences lots of ups and downs, um, overcomes evil and returns triumphantly to his people at the end. Like that's the, that's the hero's journey. Right. And it's called an archetypal journey to say it's a story so big that it's imprinted on the souls of all humankind. Right. We're born with it. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, yeah. So, so, so when they made the original Star Wars, they literally made it in consultation with Joseph Campbell, who wrote the book. The Hero- oh, really? Yes. So there's like a wise old okay, man. Okay, so to me, that's why that movie is that like of the things that Star Wars did better than anyone else. Yeah. I thought the story was better than anyone else. The yes. good versus evil, the yes. the triumph, the the ups and downs and the return. All that to me is yes. is what they did better than anyone. And I still think that that story is even though now with the 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 current 3 that they're using which you know yeah. they, they still they they muddle it a little bit. 
Yeah, I will they do, admit. and they do, and and it, when they do, it doesn't work. Yeah, but see, that's interesting. That you say archetypes and how it's so big; it's imprinted on all humans. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons I don't like, you know, I've used this term before: artsy fartsy, you know, Hollywood movies. The yeah. ones that seem to always. The weird thing is the Academy Award winners, right? No right. one ever watches those movies. Not in a long time. I mean, they, I mean, like years ago, they used to have movies that people would actually watch. But yeah. No, and it's you. also, I think, one of the reasons why the Academy Awards, when you watch it, they're not as interesting anymore. Because the movies aren't that interesting. Well, so here's what's interesting. I think that those movies are interesting to the people that – the artistic people in Hollywood who've committed their lives to making films because – most because Hollywood's an abusive place. Hollywood is an abusive place. Hollywood is an abusive place. Okay. <laughs> is it abusive? So the Randy? only people that go there and just like, ah, I love it or, or stick it out are people that are accustomed who are themselves accustomed to abuse. So there's lots of people in Hollywood that are super damaged. So the reason when they make these artistic films and they're just like, Oh my gosh, this movie's so great. And we're all <laughs> like, I don't get it. It's because they've been raised like they're like survivors of like horrible things. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're all they all have PT. It's all PTSD. A ton of it is. Like, and these people are my, all my brother reliving. My brother says it slightly differently, which is my brother who who works in film and um, has a lot to say about it. Um, says there's a reason that Hollywood is really good at making films about homes that fall apart. Because they oh. they themselves are from homes that have fallen apart, or because they relate to it, they they get it, they they can tell it well. And there's a reason why they're not all that great at telling stories about like yeehaw, go get them, happy Pollyanna smiley face Americanism. You know what I mean? Like because there's like half of them are from not from America. So start there, but then the other half is like is just that like like yeah, they don't get that worldview. <laughs> so speaking of not from America, yeah. Who's the current Spider-Man? Uh, oh, Tom Holland. Okay, dude, I didn't know he was an American. Mm. And I heard him with I heard him with an English accent. <laughs> that is the dumbest English accent I've ever heard. <laughs> that was a terrible English. <laughs> My accent. daughter looked at him and was like, "He's English." I'm like, "I don't care. It sounds horrible." <laughs> I don't care. He needs to do something about that. <laughs> You're an American. Come back. <laughs> Get rid of that accent. Uh, I mean, it didn't just the whole thing just didn't sound right. Dude. I'd only seen him on screen, and then I heard okay. him like, "What's Spider-Man: right. Homecoming?" How great is that movie? Which one? The Spider-Man: Homecoming. Tom Holland's first Spider-Man. Pretty movie. good. Pretty good. Oh man, I love that movie. I gotta be I honest. I love that movie so much. I'm burned out on Spider-Man's story, I, I, and I'm glad that they are kind of reinventing. I didn't like it. the second one as much. I mean, I don't rewatch the second one, but I can still rewatch the first one. You put it on right now, I'd be like, hold on, we got to pause the podcast. There's so many Spider-Man movies, though, and like the Sony did it, and now it's in the Marvel Universe with Sony, and and they all have their kind of own visions of it. It's kind of like Hulk. Did you see the multiverse uh, cartoon, Spider-Man? No, but everybody says I should. Oh, my gosh. That movie is its so amazing because you're like – I like, in your head, you've seen the trailer. Everyone tells you you should see it. You haven't seen it yet. Because in your head, you're like, I can't believe that that's actually going to be good. That's not going to be good. It's so good, though. <laughs> like, By the way, I love those movies where you're like, that's not going to be good. And then somehow, for some reason, you end up watching it. And you're like, whoa. So you know which one that one is for me? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I'm sitting there and I'm going, a raccoon? Come on. Seriously? And then it becomes your favorite character. Tree. So awesome. The other one, Ant-Man. I'm like, how could yeah. this be possibly no, good? Really 
And they did the casting on Dude, Paul Rudd. That's oh, inspired dude. casting. He was so great. They've done uh, like Marvel. Seriously, and that's why I'm like, why wouldn't Marvel be winning Academy Awards? What they're putting together is amazing. It really is. It's very good. Well, I mean, they're winning a lot more than Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah, it's called box office. Dude, it's called all the box office. All of it. When you worked for Disney, you remember when they started Disney Plus, you were super excited about it. And he goes, it's all about the library. You kept telling me, it's all about the library. It's all about the library. And then yeah. I looked up the library and I'm like, holy crap. They they own almost, I think there's only four movies in the top 15 movies of all time that they don't own. All of them. They own all the things. I'm like, It's unbelievable. Whoa. That goes why, back to why I think the CEO is amazing. So the movies you're excited about are the Marvel movies. Yes, Ma- and Maverick so uh, looks and really, really good. Maverick, which, by the way, I'm excited about Maverick too. I really am. I like. I'm just genuinely like, oh, he's gonna fly a jet ship. It's gonna be amazing. A jet ship. Where and by the that? way, I agree with you. I really think that uh, the idea that um, you know that that nostalgia comes with it. Yeah, I've seen a lot of my movies from the childhood. Yeah, my childhood. And I'm like, huh. It's the it's the nostalgia that goes with it. One of those yeah. is like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, I watched that so many times as a teenager. I could so probably quote times. the whole thing to you. So quotable. <laughs> It's really not that great of a movie. It's not. I, like, even back then, I actually never quite finished it. I usually tapped out right about when the rabbit started eating people's heads off. <laughs> That's usually where I'm like, I guess I'm all done with this movie. <laughs> and it's yet, called I- Big Teeth. It's a bunny. <laughs> it's called Big Teeth. Stop before I taunt you a second time. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> I told him I've already got one. <laughs> I told him I've already got one. The catapult. Yeah. The cow comes ah! over the... I'm sorry. That I love that movie. Oh, I laugh every time. Yeah, but but to your point, not not like a super great movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, but it's, yeah, no, it's but not. it's just so funny, and, and the nostalgia's there. I um, there's some movies that I I invested in pretty deep, which like you should ne- I I should never have watched, <laughs> and no one should watch today. Like Weird Science. <laughs> like I watched Weird Science. A lot. <laughs> you should not I've seen watch that. that movie. It's so exploitative and so like now that I'm older, I understand right. how dirty it was. Like at the time I thought, well, this was suggestive. <laughs> but now that I'm old, I'm like, oh, all those cutaways were bad things happening. And they Yeah, just but cut the good away. news about the good news about that is that when you're a kid and you know, they do those innuendos, they go over your head and they don't seem to affect you. Yeah, Maybe I know, but so in retrospect, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Randy, by the way, is enjoying a beverage from uh, Bandenberg Ginger Beer. We're both big root beer fans. Mm, yeah. And the ginger beer has got a bite to it. It's a little hot. Yeah, it's a little bit spicy, and uh, it's just kind of great. It's I'm very spicy. It. Yeah. Am I, it's a I good I slurp? one. Did I slurp in the microphone? Is that what you brought it up? No, you turned the label to me, and I'm like, should I just make an advertisement now? <laughs> this this segment's brought to you by Bundaberg Ginger Beer. Bundaberg. Mumsy, can I have a ginger beer? Where'd you beer? get it? Uh, I don't know. So uh, ro- have you been to Rocket Fizz? The fetching, yes. They used to be here in the mall. They moved over to- New Hall. New Hall. Yeah. And their new store is really nice. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, and the nice it. thing about their new store is you can like- So they're pull. not in both places? They're just in the new place? Yeah, I know. The oh, guy, Greg, who owns it, he- uh, he moved out and like, you know, the mall. They're going to die. Uh, I'm uh, sorry. I hate to say this. New Hall's not happening. That's not going to happen. Really? It's it's getting better and better. Mm-hmm. They just put, I think it's going to make it. Yeah. It'll make it. Yeah. And Center Street and Provo is just around the corner. Too. <laughs> I don't believe that you can top down rejuvenate places. They never pull it off. Okay. So from a real estate perspective, those are called high street uh, retail. And yeah, they have a very difficult time uh, ex- uh, uh, making it. And by the way, you know why? 
Tell me. I shall tell you, Randy. Thank you. Okay. You're so, well, the problem expert. is, is that each of the stores are about 30 to 40 feet wide. Okay. Okay. And each store is one lot. And each lot is owned by one person. Okay. So, if you have, like, say, a city, like in the case of Santa Clarita, has an idea for downtown New Hall. Yeah. They want to make it back into kind of this old country you know, uh, Western kind of town feel to it with right. with a main street hub. Yeah. They want, so they're putting their zoning powers on it. Right. Right. So they're saying this is what can happen down there. The problem is, is that's completely conditioned upon the person selling it or the person that owns it buying into the idea. Right. Because the, the person that has owned it historically predates the, the zoning regulations. Correct. Oh. So they can they, they either are grandfathered in or they can, you know, they, now you might be able to change it. And if somebody wants to change the facing of it or whatever, then now they get now the city gets involved. But for the most part, that's part of the problem. Yeah. But I mean, what, like, like in Provo, like it's, it's like, hey, new restaurant. Hey, fancy theater. Hey, like vacuum repair store. Well, the funny thing about <laughs> that just so, happens in those old places, right? <laughs> so the like, funny I've been thing, a vacuum repairman here for 480 yes. years. But the funny thing about any of these places is that you can point to something that can transform it. And the reason I say Newhawk might be able to make it is because they just made that big apartment complex. Yeah. brand new. They built a condo complex with a theater inside. Correct. And, and the theater can't open because it's COVID. Correct. But when they do, no, so... I'm all ja- I'm super excited about all that dot dot dot. It's a Lemley Theater that's going to play a bunch of art house stuff that no one's going to go to. So I think that you're going to find that. So there's there's another anchor though, and that's the city anchor. They made that beautiful library there at the end. So now what you're seeing is there are a bunch of the owners that are either a selling, okay. and so now you get a, a combination of people maybe own five of them in a block. Now they can change the whole block. Yeah. So if you, you're going to end up, what you're going to end up is you're going to have block and then old, block and then old. And yeah. then the question is whether it makes that next step. Whether it makes the next step. Right. It's made the first step. But are you saying people – does it ever happen? Does it, does it Has it happened? So, like, I know when people – there's a bunch of places in every major city that naturally gentrify. Like, people are just too broke to not finally move to the sketchy part of town. And because they're not themselves sketchy people, they start to make it nice. And it gentrifies. Um, but but it happens organically. Does it ever not happen organically? Does it ever happen because the city council is actively trying to save it? That's the thing. I'm, that's where I'm skeptical, right? Well, so the, the reason uh, – the, the city here is not as dumb as they normally seem uh, or, or government well, no, normally seem. it's a pretty good place. So well, I'm a, so, I'm so here's the other – there's one other thing that you, ha- you may not be aware that, that has, a, has a big deal there is the train stations right behind it. Yeah. But see, okay – William, I feel like you're drinking the real estate pamphlet Kool-Aid. Yeah, probably. Because this is what this is what major like super pro cities foot traffic people are always talking about. They're always like, oh, but if we put it next to train station, they're like trying to build these utopian societies around the idea that everybody's 20 and wants to live in a high rise and walk to the Trader Joe's and get their fresh produce. Okay, so like, you like in Santa Clarita, man, we all have cars. Like every road is, by the way, beautifully done. Good job, city. Um, but like, are we going to become the foot traffic, walk around, go to Lemley, get groceries at Trader Joe's, stop by the library place? Like, I just don't believe it. Like we're all on our way to soccer, man. Um, you're correct. That's, that's a reality, so right? A little passionate but there's a, there's a, there's a flip side to that, right? Okay. And the flip side to that is, is that the city gives enough incentives in anything. It actually ends up happening. For instance, downtown LA, 
do you remember when out in downtown LA was LA was basically vacant? No, I don't. I mean, I knew that there was there were a lot of commentary and jokes about how there really isn't a downtown LA. That is just well, a that's giant a, that, sprawling strip mall. Yeah, yeah, and and that's uh, you know to me downtown LA is really a, a, a series of sets for Hollywood, and that's true. If you go there, you can <laughs> yeah. like oh here's oh you could do New York or you know Brooklyn. Well, that, here. All that to say, I'm trying to agree with you. Yeah, I remember that I when people used to say, "Have you been to downtown LA?" I didn't know where they were talking about. Now I've lived here for a while and I'm an adult, and so I kind of know what they're talking about. Right. So, so yes. So zoning laws can change. So for instance, one of the things there are some beautiful, beautiful buildings in downtown LA okay. that are old, you know, nineteen twenties, and that's old for Los Angeles. We don't have right. a lot of really old stuff, right? Right. So you took me to a fancy dinner at one of those places, but yes, continue. Yes. Uh oh, that's right. The California Club. Yes. Um so those are really cool buildings and they're neat places. Now the the question is how uh, downtown LA, when it was dying, what happened was is the only thing valuable in those buildings was the street um, facing, right? So if you had 100 feet of street facing, yeah. then that was valuable. Anything above it was not valuable. So you could have 12 stories above it that was nothing, or 11 stories because they only had 12-story buildings. So that could be nothing. It used to be like, oh, people would put storage in there. Well, then the city came in and said, you can't do that because of fire. And then and they just kept in and uh, it kept coming in with more and more regulations. You couldn't put office in there because you didn't have parking. You couldn't do this because you didn't have that. You could blah, 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 right? So the zoning got so restrictive that the only valuable part of any of those buildings was the facing on the street. Okay. And even that, it could be glass retail. It could be jewelry district or it could be uh, what I call awning retail, which is they pull out the awning and bring out all their wares onto the street, right? Okay. So in 2003, they accidentally passed something that re- re- completely revitalized. And I, I believe for I, I believe in no way do they think this was forward thinking. They just said, well, these are useless buildings. Let's allow them to be useless. It's called the adaptive reuse. Okay. And that allowed all these old buildings – Right to come and be able to gentrify into anything they wanted to hotel, creative office, uh, and and um, uh, apartments. Okay. And the one thing that they gave you if you did this was no parking. Wait. You do not have to create parking above what is already existing on the property. Okay. That allowed all these buildings to change from these empty office buildings or empty empty uh, uh, manufacturing buildings that were beautiful on the outside. They t- were able to turn into these really cool loft apartments or these really cool office buildings. Or the Ace Hotel, for instance, went from an office building to a hotel that's really popular and super cool. Oh, yeah. No, Rachel was saying we have to go check that place out. And we wanted to even go do a little weekend getaway there, but then they're closed for COVID. But Oh, it's a, it's a neat hotel. And I know- Was it a hotel before? No. Oh, wow. And I know my, my clients who are, uh, who are the ones that actually did that, um, they bought it at, you know, one certain amount Pennies per foot. in the dollar or something? Yeah. And when they ended up selling it, the second iteration of the sale since they've, they've done this, it's yeah. $1,000 a foot they sold this thing for. Which and is good. For if you're not in real estate, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so uh, it was – that's – it was a mis- – I don't think – because I think by nature, cities don't understand how to think of the future. Some do, but, you know, some don't. Uh, but they that they allowed that to happen. And because of that, it's kind of regentrified downtown. Okay. So everything you just said makes perfect sense to me. But, but, but there's an underlying premise there that I want to challenge, which is this. Like, let's say, let's say that ex- accidentally happens in Riverside. 
<laughs> that doesn't, it doesn't that's harder. The, it doesn't have the same impact because this is downtown LA. Yeah, it's so harder. If we, if we do it in New Hall, if something happens, like, like for example, is New Hall better off with the city council actively steering it into being a thing, or would they be better off if city council said no rules, do what you want in this road? <laughs> like, what makes more money? Like, what does better sooner? Better sooner? Yeah. Well, when they, if they have a, if they have a vision and then they get out of the way. Like they make regulation, they take regulations away. Yeah. Right. For instance, if you want to build anything in anywhere in Los Angeles, you have to have a certain amount of parking per whatever it is you're building. So, for instance. Yeah. So, what you described to me was, it was successful because there was intrinsically demand because it's close to lots, a couple million people. Correct. And government accidentally got out of the way. Correct. It's like that's not the same thing that that has to happen and for for the new hall thing to be successful. The new hall thing has to be like the government wielding their magic wands cast to succeed no they're they, they have a they have a bigger chance of succeeding than i think say old pasadena what yeah why because old pasadena uh wait what are we talking have you been there? Well, well, some people call it old town oh, i have clients okay, so maybe i haven't been, maybe i haven't been there i've been a, to the part of pasadena that's already kind of renewed where there's like you know there's like a restoration hardware and a macaroni grill i mean there's like a cheesecake factory and yes that's the one i'm talking about is is there a question as to whether or not that's going to work i thought that already worked nope oh not at all tell me more uh i mean we've had now i put my put my my, we've had several listings on that street uh and it's on colorado street it's right next to where the the 210 freeway and the uh yeah it's right there uh, yeah so it, it, it's uh greatly located and pasadena is a beautiful place and the the rose bowl goes right past it yeah or right right through it um but yeah it's had a hard time it, it definitely has had a hard time surviving now the reason it has a hard time surviving is because it's broken into these little micro you know there's families that own like six facings you know on that street and okay. then they're not will they can't afford right let's say like i I want to make it into something great. They can't afford to do it themselves, right? right? So that doesn't attract any of the small small mom and pop businesses that could go in there that maybe couldn't afford the tenant improvements that they would want, right? I Cheesecake see. Factory can afford the, the tenant improvements. They went in and did it themselves, right? And they made a beautiful uh, place. And in fact, I think that that's really the, if you think of Cheesecake Factory, that's kind of the one most people think about. Um, but the the other ones, restoration hardware and all those other ones, they've had a harder time, and it just depends on the landlord. Some of the landlords won't allow you to do stuff. I, I I said this in one of the the episodes that we actually deleted. Third Street Promenade's having a really hard time. Okay. In Santa Monica, but if you remember, if you do you know Third Street Promenade? Know, so no. so Apple one time originally was a we uh, a a block further to the, um, I guess it would be north and on the other side of the street and they were there for many many years and they wanted to blow out they wanted to kind of redo into this beautiful apple stores that they normally do where they have like it's kind of a three-story open concept thing when this in this case make a glass roof and all this other stuff oh wow they went to their landlord landlord said well, no way now why did that landlord say that was because they had a second floor that was giving re income what if apple ever leaves Right, because then, then they have a glass box. Right, Apple doesn't own this. It's a tenant. <laughs> yeah. So they said, no way. So they moved. 
And a lot of people thought it was because Apple wanted to be closer to the mall, which is at the end. But that's not the, that's not the case. Apple just went because that was the landlord that was, allowed them to basically destroy the building and make what they wanted to. What would you do if you were the landlord? That's if it was true. Apple, yeah. I'd let them have it. I, I'm a big believer that Apple has a, a you know, I, I, I believe they that have Steve an Jobs. trajectory. I mean, what if you just, you let Apple have it, but then you ask for like a 20-year lease or like what would That's be exactly good, what I would do. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, and, and and Apple, you know, is one of the most valuable companies in the world. Uh, and they afford the lease. <laughs> I still believe that Steve Jobs' uh, hand is still very, his fingers are very deep in that company. And I think the current leadership, although not nearly as inventive and vi visionary, uh, still has a lot of uh, a lot of Steve Jobs' ability, a lot of his legacy left to kind of continue with. So anyway, that's that's a neither the side. But if it were me, I would let Apple do it. Yeah, but almost nobody else, right? Yeah, there's others. There's a few others. No, because can... okay, so Apple is doing their thing, and Samsung's like, we actually sell more phones than Apple does. We want to do the Samsung building, and Samsung wants to do it. You wouldn't do it for Samsung, would you? No. <laughs> oh, All brother. right, we went long well, because the last one was short. Without further ado, this has been the Waystation Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Davis. And William Everett. Have a great day. <laughs>